Hello everyone and welcome to episode 14 a very special episode of What's the Chakkar My name is Karan Madhok and I'm the editor and co-founder of the Chakkar The chakkar.com is an Indian arts review a celebration of India's artistic creativity where we publish writing on Indian music film literature theater art sports and more We also publish creative work like poetry fiction photography original art etc In this special end of year episode I will interview a number of guests on our best and favorite moments in music literature and film and TV from India and abroad. In conversation today with Adi Manral, Shasta Vaishnav and Pratik Santram, we will discuss music by Lifafa and other indie Indian artists, honor a couple of fantastic novels by S Harish and Yagyasi and crown our favorite Indian films of the year. So strap in and let's go around the chakkar. Welcome back Adi Manral on the What's the Chakkar podcast and this is a very special episode and Adi you are the first one to get this episode started it's the last one of the year December 2021 this year has just flown by i feel that there's too much what but that has happened this year and maybe you can say nothing has happened this year it's been one of those weird years right um, yeah uh, so Adi i have been pushing you to talk about um, like instead of doing what we usually do which is we um, we talk about our favorite song of the month I wanted to talk about our songs of the year and uh, and you know I think we should touch on our songs like international songs of the year too but basically we will finish with our uh, Indian indie song of the year for both of us so so yeah. I'll let I'll let you get started do you want to start with your Indian songs do you want to yeah. talk about international songs uh, what has been your sort of musical feeling is there any sort of themes or trends you have seen in this weird year you know it's been there's been lockdown there's been a lot of tragedy and there's been a lot of hope there's been a lot of optimism later on and then again there's uncertainty so musically have you been seeing any trends um as someone who closely follows the scene you see people now are planning their tours bands going out and playing for live audiences so you know things are looking good and um, that that's the hope that hopefully you know we don't have a third wave that will put us back into our rooms um yeah but even if it does like it doesn't stop uh, people from making music right like they've yeah. been music, making music and a lot of good music has come out even even like you, like you said how um, we don't know if 2021 was as great as um it should have been but it hasn't been bad like in m- musically people have still been doing good music uh, sitting in their rooms and uh, yeah and 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 I would like to share the uh, songs from India like I, of course there's so much happening internationally so much going on um but but yeah I'd I'd like to focus on what came out this year yeah. from uh, musicians uh, who who are distinct and have their own unique style and haven't uh, you know stirred away from what they do yeah. and um and they stand out like you know they they stand out with their music and um, and and it i i feel like that's that represents the indie independence music scene in india mm-hmm. uh quite clearly mm-hmm. and um when i'm talking about that i'd uh, like to give a shout out to thermal and a quarter um you know this is a band that was uh, formed in 96 um and and uh, based out of bangalore they started calling their music as bangalore rock 
they came out with a song called inside out this year and uh, you know just just a good shout out to them because uh, they've been there for so long and they're still doing the same stuff um, that they believe in and you know like putting music out good music out um so yeah so that's that's one of the songs that i picked uh, the song is called inside out uh, by thermal and a quarter uh, people know them it's it's a uh, bruce lee money the guitarist and the vocalist the front man for this band uh, he's a veteran everybody knows him so you know uh, shout out to those guys um black strat blues you know warren mendosa mendonsa uh, guitarist composer producer uh, also was part of zero um his album came out hindsight is 2020 uh his song this will be my year uh great song he's you know you've heard him uh, so many of us have heard him and um, just a just a great track great album um yeah i have so many musicians there all right and also uh, one of the mus- musicians that i have followed closely and is really really talented his name is samar mehdi he's um, he's from bhopal and um, and and a great guitarist he he uh, he's a he plays his guitar uh, in a very percussive style and his music is all built um on, on that like you know that's the foundation of his uh, songs like you know he'll he'll he's got a percussive style of playing acoustic guitar and that's how he builds his songs um he came up with this song called martaban Uh, which mm. is really catchy really nice and um, again like you know he's got his distinct style and he stays true to his art and and is putting one song after another song and creating his own um, you know genre to say um so yeah check uh, summer mehdi out he's he's definitely a pick from my end okay another another band uh, uh, from chandigarh they they call themselves indie band indie rock band Okay. I'm not sure if that's the right way to, um, if that's the correct genre, if this band would fit in. Their name mm-hmm. is Nalayak. Okay, and, ha, uh, I've heard of them. Yeah, they're so good. Like they, I just heard their song called Zakir. It's mm-hmm. it's from their album uh, this year, and uh, beautiful song. Like that's like you know they're they're singing in Hindi, Urdu, and um, and and it's got guitar licks and um, solos. It's just so um, distinct, but. Uh, i don't know like it it captures that in indie music scene in a way you know like mm-hmm. like the way the local trains would do it and and you know pratik kuhar and they they have all all these people have their own style and um, they're not trying to blend in they they're just uh, they stand out uh, mm-hmm. when they make their music and it goes for dot as well you know like um, dot with, we we covered dot in our last yeah podcast yeah i think a couple of months ago she was our song of the month yeah like so her song this train and and that whole album like like that whole ep album is uh, is brilliant she she's uh, she's one of those artists as well um who has her own art which is distinct but mm-hmm. um is not trying to blend in like she doesn't mm-hmm. sound like anyone else like she sounds like dot mm-hmm. um and uh, i'd also give a shout out to tejas for you know yes. coming up with with brilliant songs my song that i would pick uh, is lead um, from from tejas uh, that, okay. that came out this year Mm-hmm. uh brilliant album again uh, from tejas and again high, um, good production again one of our f- uh, former songs of the month you know it's making a comeback Correct. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so just to sum up i would say thermal and a quarter just keep uh, doing what you guys are doing you guys you guys are great uh black spread blues we look look up to this guy he's he's, he's, he's inspiring like and one of the greatest he's a legend yeah yeah beautiful songs yeah and uh 
and and guys like Samar Mehdi, bands like Nalayak and and Dot, and then finally Tejas. Uh, mm-hmm. All of these people have, um, you know, I, and there's so many more, Karan. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this is just a handful, and yeah, making yeah. sure the list isn't that big that takes <laughs> over the whole podcast. So, but, so I wanted to yeah. ask you, like, following up on that, you know, like I had started mm-hmm. off by asking, did you feel any trend in the way people made music this year? But now right. I want to ask you a more personal question, sort of turn it around. Did you feel that the music you were listening to was inspired at all by, you know? the sort of the isolation of the world or or the sort of like the uncertainty of the world were you were you enjoying certain songs more because of the outside mood of this year um well to answer that i probably not like i i think um maybe just the consumption of music would have gone up mm-hmm. uh which is which is a great thing mm, yeah but i don't think the mood uh, mood my mood of uh, you know this whole covid situation and and uh, pandemic it didn't define the kind of music that i was listening to um that's that's a, like for me personally uh, speaking uh yeah it didn't but yeah 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 other other stuff like that there's also depre- depressing stuff like you know um, we were all talking about how spotify wraps up your music and gives the artist uh, the, this insight on how much you you know fans have listened to your music but on the other hand they're not paying you enough so you know like um, of course we we all care about how many listeners you have but that doesn't convert into um, um you know financials and so um, so yeah while we have hope uh, there's also this other factor which is quite um, uh saddening to say uh yeah i don't know if i answered your question because i answer i i talked about something else <laughs> it's okay uh, so, i asked that because you know um, i was making my list of uh, my favorite international songs for this podcast mm. and i realized right. that um you know th- there was a certain trend of i mean of course i, I as you said i consume so much music you know uh, because there right. was other, you know it was something that this these last two years have been good for consumption of art it's especially if you get reading books i read a lot more books i let listen to a lot of mm. um and but i felt that the, the strange experience was usually uh, i'm used to especially the songs that become my favorite songs you know they're sort of the, the music you listen to with people around you and you sort of have that you sort of tie experience like a like a communal experience like oh this song was fun with my friends on this trip or this song i shared with somebody else and i think uh, my consumption of music has become a lot more uh, personal over this last couple of years where i might enjoy something but i rarely get to share it with people you know i rarely get to share that moment with people so i think like a lot of songs which i which i enjoyed were kind of like very personal you know and I, I, mm-hmm. i don't mean personal in the sense of the the meaning of the song was personal what i mean is that like they were they were they were not influenced by anyone else's opinions of the song it was like mujhe pasand hai kisi aur ko pasand na ho who cares you know <laughs> so right, like that right um so just some of the songs i want to like uh, shout out which um like some were released in 2021 or or maybe la- late last year some were released a lot earlier but i consumed them a lot this year so uh, there's a song, there's a british rapper named slothai who's um whose song nhs was just one of my jams earlier this year uh, i really love kanye west's uh, believe believe what i say which uses a lauren hill sam- sample um i i've been obsessed with tame impala yeah. this year yeah obviously they're, 
some of the music is really old but i sort of rediscovered it properly this year so let it happen has yeah. been sort of my jam of the year um yeah family ties which is baby keen featuring kendrick lamar just like a great song i think one of the the best rap songs of the year and uh, mm-hmm. probably uh, john mayer uh, wild blue his you know his new album is nice. kind of like old like uh, sob rock pop rock i don't know what you call it but but wild blue yeah. is just just an amazing jam track which i which i love this year uh, any of like did you feel that too that that you were sort of listening to music sort of un untampered by the opinions of others did you have that kind of reaction what i was talking about uh like i said not not really like uh, my like if you see what what kind of music i was listening and what spotify gave me as my list my top ones were baba sagal aaja meri gaadi mein baith ja followed <laughs> by some lullabies uh, of babies uh, you know so so that's the kind of music that i'm really i've been really digging <laughs> so maybe, so maybe so, we know. should have maybe we should have chosen baba sagal as the song of the year i i know that's my top hit and and so uh, you, that, that really tells you that i'm really not thinking of what people are thinking about what music i listen to cuz i i i'm listening to a uh, a singer songwriter called Rafi who likes to write about uh, you know like all the lullabies and children's mm. music stuff like that yeah 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 <laughs> but but to answer your question no i don't think uh, yeah it it hasn't really defined that uh, mm. like like pandemic or, or pre pandemic i just listen to whatever i like listening to yeah but then i i i i tend to follow a lot of trends around and uh, you know just um, how these big uh, digital um, streaming um, you know platforms are being questioned again and again uh, what are the right ethics how to treat your how to treat musicians what mm-hmm. to pay them fairly uh, adele saying that you know nobody can put like did you hear that she her whole album she wanted people to listen to as an album and not as singles on spotify uh, so think, so you know that was i think what yeah. she did was i think spotify's default used to be that when you listen to album it it's default shuffle so, and she, and she said the default should be not shuffle the default should be in order and and which also yeah makes I, sense to me because yeah. I, i think the shuffle option should be there of course but but the default should be the the album's narrative you know because of course it, it must mean something as an album narrative yeah 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 and also like it picks up your a single song from your album Mm-hmm. and their algorithm would put it in a in someone's um, mm-hmm. playlist you know uh, so i think she was also because she's a big artist she's not like a mm-hmm. small artist who wants um, songs out there uh, mm-hmm. she she wants it to be consumed in a particular way so mm-hmm. you know there are a lot of these questions that are coming up again and again mm-hmm. and people are questioning these uh, digital platforms on what's the right way what what are the good ethics to follow and yeah. and yeah so let's see uh, hopefully things will change for better for for musicians yeah um so so i'm going to finish this part of the uh, part of our conversation with um discussing what i chose as my song of the year and and we'll we are going to play it for you guys after this conversation's over it's been basically my favorite indian artist for the last year or so lefafa uh you know mm. we have written about him on the chakkar we have featured one of his uh, songs from this very album earlier on this year as a song of the month and uh, yep. so so i chose lefafa's song irado which is from his album mm. um, um superpower 2020 uh, right. it's it's like this bollywood disco song but of course fused with his you know trademark old fashioned crooning mixed with his techno sensibility 
you know, like for, for me, his his music is of course really catchy, but it is the lyric, yeah. his lyrical depth that sort of keeps me coming back to back to him over and over again. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. To and, me, to me, the song sounds like it's uh, Nazia Hassan, Bidu, Bappi Lahiri. It has all of them fused together and yeah. released in 2021 with the 2021's sensibilities. With 2021 so, sensibilities, so, yeah. And, and like genuinely more intelligent like songwriting, you know. So I think he took. Yeah. he took these sort of like really good forms of music you know even though it seems old fashioned to us they, they were really good back then uh and he sort of added, oh yeah yeah he added That's... a depth to it which um which which often doesn't exist um yeah. and and what's funny is that like even my like i was actually my song of the contender my other contender was also lift up a song wahi ka wahi from the same right. album yeah um, yeah and and for, for yeah. this one, I... i finally chose this one just because it's it sort of feels like an epic you know it's a seven and a half minute long song it feels like an epic journey yeah um the the line yeah. where he says ji lenge kal se he repeats that a lot so it's kind of an emotion mm. that i felt could fit anywhere you know whether you're being overproductive or underproductive ji <laughs> lenge kal se feel yeah. like something uh i just wanted to throw it out there so yeah, uh, yeah. that was my um, so- song of the year and, um, and i'm excited to play it for you guys after this conversation yeah and and lifafa again like he's uh, you know like the music is distinct it it doesn't uh, blend in with what's happening it it um, he's completely influenced by what whatever india had to offer you know like this is a disco song so much goes back to what indian bollywood music uh, was in the 80s and 90s yeah. and you know he picks up so many of those uh, influences but he makes a point that it's all his music like he it's very personal yeah if you hear him like you've you've not heard anything like him before yeah, and that's sure. that's the beauty of all of lifafa and, and and some of the musicians that i shared before that you know these guys have their own distinct uh, sound Mm-hmm. and they're not shy of experimenting uh, something new something yeah. that uh, you know puts them out there yeah. and uh, lifafa sure. has been doing that again and again and um, yeah i i love that song as well the one this irado well um adi thank you for joining me for this uh, short chat uh, and here is now our song of the year irado by lifafa
Yeah. 
So Shasta Vaishnav joins us from Mumbai. Shasta, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing fine, Karan. How are you? I'm I'm well. I'm well, and and we've come to sort of the end of 2021, which feels very weird. I can't I can't believe this this year is sort of already yeah. over. Um, we've been doing this for a year, Karan, <laughs> already. It, it it the time has basically flown so fast. And and what's right. crazy is that um so uh I recorded the 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 music section of this podcast with uh, Adi Manral recently too. And uh, mm-hmm. and we were discussing how you know one of the sort of silver linings was the fact that that we consume more content, more art, you know. So we read more books, yes. we listen to more music, yes. we watch more like good films. So, so was that true for you? Did you see yourself consuming? Uh, I mean, whether it's because of the lockdown or because of just like, you know, a, a lot of people like myself, we just felt felt the social anxiety. Did you feel yourself consuming a lot more books this year? Yes, I did, Karan, this year and last year. And for me, I think that was a part of it that I really look forward to. Like other people were cribbing about being locked down and, you know, being at home and everything. But I looked forward to that whole time with nothing else to do but read. Because I genuinely believe that if you're surrounded by books, you're never bored. Like it's not possible to be bored when you have a book, you know, in your hand. So I was just absolutely... uh, I mean, I, this has become a way of life for me, you know, like I, I would rather do this now than like just sit at home and consume awesome content, you know, rather than go out and, you know, have all these errands and people to meet and everything like that. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the superpower of, um, of, of book readers or like, or, or serious bookworms, right? That we can, yeah. we can find real joy in just like being alone in a quiet room, which I think a lot of people who are like non-readers, it perplexes them in a way. But I think, but I, but, yeah. but I, I look at it as a superpower. We can, we can find joy in like those little things. It is because we're allowing ourselves to get lost in that world, right? Mm-hmm. In some way, we are, we're making our imaginations work for us. Where I think some people just don't have that patience. So mm-hmm. they, uh, they do they get, uh, their attention is, you know, uh, diverted easily. Like they just, mm-hmm. they don't have that patience to sit and, get lost in a world but yeah, yeah luckily we do and uh, i feel we're uh, uh we're the richer for it you know in that sense so well and speaking of being the richer i want to speak about some of the books that have enriched me a bit this mm-hmm. year um mm-hmm. and so uh, you know i think i mentioned it to you earlier we were doing sort of a year ender so I, I wanted to talk about both of ours respective favorite books of the year and it's sort of a very tough question because we read so much there's so many contenders um, yes. So I'll start like the book I finally settled on um, as, and I, I specifically picked an Indian book as my favorite of the year. Um, w- okay. Wasn't even technically published this year. It was, uh, uh, it's, it's Mustache by S. Harish, which we spoke about in an earlier yes. episode. Yes. Um, Amazing. Uh, published first in Malayalam in, as Misha in 2018. And then it was translated in English by Jayasi Kalathil last year. Uh, and this yeah. translation really bought it all its acclaim. You know, it, it won the 2020 GCP Prize for Literature, which is one of India's most prestigious literary awards. Uh, so a little yeah. bit old, but because I read it this year, I'm cheating and sort of counting it as my personal favorite of the year. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, for those of you who may not have heard the last podcast who may not, or may, have, may not have read the book, uh, Mustache is a story of Vavachan, a Pulayan caste man in Kutanad. Uh, it's a farming region in Kerala and, and the book is based in the 1940s. So uh, he is asked to grow a mustache to play the role of a quote-unquote higher caste policeman in a local play. 
And for much of the upper caste members in the audience, uh, th- this lower caste man and this mustache are sort of like a mismatch made in hell for them. You know, uh, it sort of it causes chaos in their like rigid rules of society. So from then on, you know, he becomes capital M mustache and he's sort of almost like a vigilante superhero. You know, he's praised by some, he's feared by others. He becomes more of like a myth than a man. Um, and then the story also often in this novel, we, we realize that it's a story that's also jumping into the future. So we, we end up in the contemporary day where there's an author that's narrating the mythology of mustache to his son. And we learn through, you know, and um, I guess we learn just the way the son does that, uh, all, that, that there's a lot of magic realism in this story. We're made to believe that, you know, this man, mustache with his otherworldly powers was, was a real person. Right. Um, the story kind of remains very firmly planted. I think I may have talked about this last time too. In this very like hyper-local um, ecosystem of Kutanad, you know, this is a below sea farming, below sea level farming region in mm-hmm. southwest of Kerala. And it's almost as important as any character in the narrative. Um, and you know, this sort of setting, you know, confronts and shapes uh, Mustache's story. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, I mentioned... Uh, there are many themes, including caste, of course, caste inequalities and the idea of purity. Um, the, how humans are degrading the ecosystem is a, is, a, is a theme here. There's themes of social change with technology. There's some themes of contemporary Kerala-like history. Uh, intersection of caste and gender dynamics, that's like a pretty big theme here too. So there's a lot going on, you know, and uh, Harish, who is just a brilliant writer, he's created in Mustache, I feel a legend that kind of outlasts the page of the novel. You know, it becomes a part of the waters here. You know, uh, it grows among the tree vines, spices up the air here. Uh, Mustache becomes sort of a mortal that's Im- immortalized by the songs and the fables written about him. Um, you know, and later on, there's a scene later in the novel where um, the world of the real and the imagined meet, where Mustache starts to hear songs about himself. And he says, okay. Mustache did, uh, the narrator writes, Mustache did not trouble himself with wondering who this man in the songs was. He had decided that the song has nothing to do with him, so he's all, it's so meta that he's almost moved beyond his own, you know, his own mythology, and and I, and like the best of magic realism, which I enjoy, I've always historically enjoyed. You know, magic exists very casually with reality. Um, mm. Harish finds no contradiction in the story's realism, magic realism, uh, and what it does is makes mustache as like a very, um, it's like a modern Indian folk story, which is what I liked about it. It 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 kind of gave me that feeling of reading a folk story again, but in, in a high literary fashion. Um, mm. So yeah, it was, as I said, just a very enjoyable read, very dense. Like it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of like intense focus to actually follow some of the details. But um, I must say like what I loved about it most is it's not just the story itself. The story is great. And of course, the, com- the its themes and commentary on Indian society and caste are, are very pertinent. But I just loved it for the unabashed love of storytelling. You know, he, he, the author is asking us to let loose of our, our judgments and just go with his imagination, you know, and just imagine that this person can be a, a, a mythological figure and a real figure at the same time. So um, j- just a very brave and like forward thinking novel, even though it's about the past. Uh, it, I felt it was a very brave novel. Um, and uh, yeah, really loved it. So I choose Mustache as my my book of the year. That's amazing, Karan. I feel like I had already put it on my list when you had spoken about it last time. And mm-hmm. I feel like I really, really must get to it now. Um, 
it it seems like it's the most memorable book for you as well like you remember uh, like a lot of it vividly right so that also makes a big difference it it makes a big difference I, I, there were you know several other books i enjoyed i considered um, as of non fiction i consider considered uh, uh, suchitra vijayan's midnight borders which is one of the most important non fiction books written this year um right uh and my sort of non indian favorite novel was the committed by bietang nuyen which is the uh which was the sequel to the sympathizer just a very entertaining yeah. read but i think i stuck with just like i i, I like the idea of uh, a choosing fiction i i kind of always i'm kind of favoring fiction all the time and b a, a, an, an indian novel about storytelling you know uh, i really like that idea so especially in a year like this um it it was great to have something to transport me into this very specific time and place correct what about you okay, shanta let, let's hear let's hear what what you have you read so much i'm sure this was a very <laughs> tough i'm sure this was a very tough uh, challenge for you to pick just one novel right to to crown as your favorite yes it really was yeah karan but this is the metric i also chose in the sense like what which which one was the most memorable for me mm-hmm. you know like i th- i did think i did remember a lot of the writing styles mm-hmm. but what really stood out uh, for me was um you know a book that has been woven across generations and okay. and is still so memorable where each story of each generation is memorable uh, which is home going by yagyasi okay um in I remember even while reading this I remember that this is one of those books that stays with you because it's a saga it's like this entire uh you know uh, it, like story across so many generations and it's it's all about cultures and so it's one of those books uh, that's that starts with the family tree uh, of two sisters mm-hmm. and you know how uh, where how they went their separate ways and the family tree spans about um five or six generations and you know uh, through the obviously through the centuries and um, and each of the people in the family tree are written about in the book in in their own story in their own sort of chapter or everything and it's every like right now when i'm going over the names again and it's all coming back to me like each person's story is so memorable so you won't believe like the way she's written about the tribes of ghana like right from that whole you know area of the world to you know america and the cotton plantations of georgia to that whole time of you know slavery etc to the coal mines of pratt city and you know these are these are these are things we've just sort of heard about in history but she really like writes about it so beautifully and you know weaving the stories of these characters in it and it it comes back to the chaos of harlem and So yeah I mean I just I absolutely uh, loved this book I think everything about it was fabulous the way the stories were written and you know sort of connected and how um everything everything is ultimately connected to the first the, the two first sisters who um uh, who the book is about Effia and Essie and uh, you know both the sisters have very very different uh, destinies in that sense you know so i would it's it's highly recommended reading because um, I, you know it's like each story is memorable for it for their own reasons so i would say this one really stayed with me uh, home going by yagyasi um there were some other contenders like i would say uh, where the crawdad sing by delia owens was also one uh, beautifully written novel like 
again like that those marshes of north carolina which which never ever like it's not a it's it's nothing that one would think of you know sitting here but i think the best part about books is that they really transport you to a new world and uh, where the crawdad singh also did that you know where you're sort of lost in the story of this little girl who's abandoned in the marshes and how she you know uh, makes her way and lives her life in them and it's it's just it's very engaging so i would say that was a close contender as well and uh, and the third close contender was i would say maximum city by suketu mehta and that's the indian novel that really really uh, stayed with me this year and it's so so different from everything else i'm talking about because it's non fiction right i mean it's it's what actually happened but again that element of memory of of it being very memorable comes through because i remember i mean i read the book maybe what 6 7 months ago or more more i think but i remember very clearly what each section was about and a lot of the descriptions of each section and it's a huge book right it's a fat book but um but it's so memorable the way he's written it the way he's uh, crafted each section like i i mean again highly recommended reading so i would say karan these three books really stayed with me from this year's reading i mean there were many many really good ones like when i looked through my list i said oh my god this one too that one too but i would say these three are like yeah they stand out you know so yeah and uh, you spoke about all three of these books in earlier yes. podcast and uh... and the one you chose yes. yeah 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 I, th- i think th- this novel has sort of reached mythical status especially uh, among readers in the us uh, <laughs> yeah especially yeah. because of you know it's it, it's always going to be remain relevant you know it, it it's about it's about such a pertinent issue it, it's a, i think it's a it, these are personal stories but they're almost universal due to the african american experience in the us exactly uh, I, i i won't be surprised if they or or maybe again uh, maybe it's already happening if these if if this novels already part of uh, the sort of reading syllabi of high schools or colleges or of young students in the us you know who are trying to learn about the diversity of their own country in a way yeah, diversity in history of their own country no no it definitely should be because mm-hmm. it's really uh, you know she's taken history and what's actually happened and made it so interesting you know with this whole family and all the generations and everything and it's like you really feel like you now understand their perspective and the culture and everything because you've sort of seen it play out in the centuries you know yeah. and it really takes a skillful writer to do that like it's just i i am I'm, i'm constantly like admiring these people's skills and you know how they they're so like you you really get lost in their writing and you some somewhere even forget to um understand how they did it you know if if especially if you're a writer and you're trying to study how they wrote mm-hmm. it's very difficult because you're just lost in the story most of the time but uh yeah these are fabulous books definitely colchester thank you so much for for sharing your thoughts and sort of recollecting these books that that you read sometimes read you know 7 to 10 months ago even uh but th- yeah. this was really fun this was a fun year of reading and a very fun year of talking about books even though it yes. wasn't a fun year in many other ways but uh <laughs> yeah. but do take care of yourself and i shall catch you in 2022 now i guess yes thank you karan this has been awesome and uh, yeah here's to an awesome year of reading in 2022 as well so see you then all right take care shasta happy new year mm-hmm.
So welcome back, Pratik Santram, to What's a Chakkar, uh, the very last episode of the year. And this is the very last segment of the year. And uh, of course, we want to talk about the films and TV that we've seen all, all year long. I think w- what I had suggested, and this is what we've done with all our guests for this episode, is that, you know, instead of talking about just what we saw over the past month, let's make a list of the very best. We've had some great cinema out of India this year. Let me do this. Before we start on our naming our favorites, were there any specific trends or themes that you noticed about specifically India shows, Indian shows, Indian films that were different this year? That's in 2021, of course, this was a tough year. A lot of this year, last year was a lockdown year. This year was a lockdown year. So the yeah. projects that were released probably made or filmed before COVID. Before, yeah. um, and, and so there was a bit of a dissonance, right? Like I don't think Indian art has really responded to COVID or Indian visual art has really responded to COVID in that way. Um, so, so what was the experience for you sitting at home, knowing that the world is different from the screen? You know, like they're living in the past what, on what we're seeing yeah, on the yeah, screen, yeah. right? So what was your experience like watching shows like these? I, I don't know if, if you felt the same way, but I think there were lots of good female characters written in. Mm. Uh, a lot of female-driven movies. And I'm going to talk about a couple of them, which, which weren't necessarily like the best that I saw, but definitely were quite kind of important and quite... quite very different from um, what's been previously. So I, I would say I kind of noticed that. I'm not saying I, I watched everything uh, that was there, but just given the trends, just given unique storylines to do with uh, women and very women-centric uh, movies as well. Uh, I'm sure we, we, we missed a few of them, uh, but the ones, a couple of them that I saw at least were very unique. I mean, uh, maybe even if it's not the number of shows or movies made on them, it was the uniqueness, was it was very, very different. So I think that was kind of something that I noticed. But yeah, um, and another thing I think India is what you're going to see next year. It's more of a prediction. Is is more uh, true crime, which which I I think is is just around the corner. Uh, the kind of started this year. Uh, I mean, one of the great true crime um, series shows. I mean, it was a documentary, but uh, it was the the House of Horrors. What's it called? The um, House, House of, of Secrets. Secrets. House of Secrets. The the, the one about the Delhi Burari murders. I agree with you. I, th- I think there'll be a lot more shows like that or um, shows like Delhi Crime, which came out a couple of years ago, which uh, sort of dramatized it. It wasn't documentary. It was dramatic because I think, uh, you know, it, it's the extension of what the news has become in India, right? Like it, the, the Sansani Kade news in India, uh, we Indians are, we lust for this kind of material. We lust for uh, basically, basically the kind of stuff that, that we think could be happening to our very neighbors. And now it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, just, just to like start, off, start things off like the Burari Marges, I, I honestly thought that it was one episode too long. Mm. It could have been uh, uh, more effective. But despite that, I mean, I, I think we had this conversation after watching it was like, I don't even remember when this happened. Yes. Uh, and it's a big, big thing. I mean, people who maybe who lived in Delhi, like who are more kind of familiar with this. But I, I don't recall. Maybe somebody said something, but, you know, um, and you come to think of it, it is a pretty big news story in the sense of at least the, the sensationalism of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is true sensationalism, not not made up. Uh, so, I mean, so it is, it is pretty interesting. And that's why I, I have a feeling that, you know, there are so many crimes and not just necessarily murders, but it's like a lot of crimes. And we had a lot of Netflix, or not Netflix, but a lot of OTT shows made on them. Uh, like, you know, where Bijantara or, or uh, Delhi Crime, as you said, but an actual like true uh, life, like, uh, documentary 
well there were series. two well there were two things made on this 1992 scam there was a whole series and a film that also came out you know so 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 also extending your idea of uh, uh, criminal things that are becoming um, that are being televised yeah. uh, so 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 let's talk about your list uh, was uh, before we i think we, we kind of decided on the favorite film of the year but before we talk about it any other nominations that you have for your favorite uh, ott shows or films this year coming from india yeah sure um so actually in, in in shows there wasn't like again we dis- we discussed a few of them on on here i mean some some things stood out some things were hit and miss which were really well done some things were great ideas uh i would say ray was a good idea uh, execution maybe not so much mm-hmm. um the the anthology series the satyajit ray uh, anthology series was pretty good uh for movies though i mean the one film that, that actually uh which was uh, earlier in the year that was released was uh, a south indian film drishyam 2 which okay. is a sequel to the blockbuster drishyam and uh, mohan lal was in it and it's it's one of those films which is very commercial but at the same time it's super entertaining and mm-hmm. it's very smartly written you know so it's it's and and again you you have this a lot of time north indians don't realize like the powerhouses that south indian stars are uh, so for like more to watch a, a star like mohan lal who's like probably the biggest south indian uh, the malayalam movie star at least uh, was was quite a revelation so that's something that we didn't discuss on the sh- on uh, on the podcast but um, apart from that uh, the two films that i i was talking about like very unique takes on like women or or women centric uh, female uh, female characters very strong female characters uh, were ruhi and mimi ruhi is a horror very honestly the movie itself is it's it's okay it's entertaining it's it it uh, i wouldn't call it outstanding in any way but the concept and especially the end of the film uh, don't want to give anything away here but very very just the idea is very well done even if the overall movie is inconsistent what should i say uh it's it's got the ever dependable rajkumar rao so you know you're going to get good good acting yeah, out of it he's you, he's never uh, bad in anything you know that exactly you have janvi kapoor who who uh, sometimes surprises with her performances uh overall the movie is funny it's uh, not so scary um if you grab the horror element but the but the way they've kind of the conclusion to it is is quite is quite a uh, it's quite it's very unique like something that i was not expecting at all uh so that's one the second one that i want to talk about was mimi um again i think it was pretty much the same like ruhi where uh, it was inconsistent in parts some parts which weren't how should i say didn't weren't what didn't look like well formed but the overall idea was great it's about uh, surrogacy and i believe it's it's something to, it's based on two events i mean maybe not it's not a true story but it's two events about couples rich couples coming from outside of india and then using surrogate mothers in india and sometimes they abandon them and that's um, i don't think i've given anything away that's pretty much yeah uh, what the show in julia as well so uh, something serious something really again unique take it becomes very predictable towards the end it's the opposite of ruhi that way where uh, the middle of the movie is like where all the uh, surprises are so uh, so to speak those two movies i thought were very different in ideas maybe execution could have been much better but good performances uh, kriti sanon and and mimi al- along with pankaj tripathi of course one of our favorites over here so those those are some of the films that stood out for me apart from that uh, i think you you are going to <laughs> talk more about this but family man uh, was was a pretty uh, good series uh, there were a few movies that i wished we could have talked about which I, we missed i was just looking at the list that's why but sherni i believe was one of them which i definitely want to get back to and maybe i would talk about that 
so yeah um so those are some of my kind of highlights uh, of the year yeah uh, thanks for reminding me of shelni because that was definitely in contention for one of the best films i've seen and again uh, go uh, continuing the theme that you that you suggested of uh, female centric films or or films that uh, focused on strong female characters and what was the beauty of shelni with vidya balan was that like they didn't lean into the whole they showed her as just a simple hard working woman with very strong principles and in her she was extraordinary in the, in her principles like her her, her like her, her very simply strong principles were sort of her superpower in an area where there were so many other weaknesses there were so many other problems you know so, so many other everyday villains so in that sense uh, shelni was a truly special film you mentioned the family man also one of our favorite shows i think it, it seems like it came out a long time ago now the the second season but i think it, w- it was definitely in 2021 yeah, this, yeah. this 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 year seems to have slowed to a crawl uh, one of my <laughs> favorite films not only this year i would say you know i i might end up ranking it as among the favorite hindi films i've seen um, i won't say hindi my, my mistake one of the favorite indian films i've seen in recent years is the disciple the disciple is actually a marathi film and yeah. uh, just a beautiful beautiful take on art and artistry and the, the pursuit of perfection the pursuit of making a masterpiece the, the pursuit of being a genius and how that pursuit you know we we all think that if we try hard enough at something why not why can't we be good at some why can't we be great why can't we you know i'm a big basketball fan so for me i always talk about you know i always make basketball comparisons and the the, the conversation always comes back to well if i play hard enough why can't i be michael jordan you know and the thing is like some people just don't have it it doesn't matter how hard you try yeah. and and the protagonist in the disciple is is somebody just like that who's who's been raised from childhood to be a hindustani classical singer a performer and uh, has his whole life convinced himself that this is it this is his destiny to be great at this and he tries so hard and he makes it he he makes it he makes a living he makes a decent living out of his art but just the the mundane sorrows of of trying to achieve excellence are just uh, were just shown so beautifully in this film so i would say uh, i would hi- highly recommend that i think pratik we came to a consensus decision on our favorite film of the year and it's a film that we have talked about recently on this very podcast and it's sadar utham you want the freedom of your people you should be there i fight different way tum chale jao yahan se agar humne yahan london mein british ke heart pe kuch kar diya hamara message pure world tak jayega So uh, I, I'll let you start here. Uh, yes, we did talk about it quite recently, but I think it, it bears repeating again. Why would you say this was your favorite film of of 2021? Before I start with Sadar Udham, let me talk about another uh, patriotic film because Sadar Udham is not a patriotic film in that sense. Okay. Uh, it's it's more of a storyline. It's more mm-hmm. of based on the man's life, or at least his years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's very very important years of his life. Um, and I just want to quickly mention a film called Bell Bottom, which okay. I think is. which and the re- you you'll understand why i'm saying this but it's a bad film it's a great concept it's something that apparently happened but again i just wish they would make movies which yeah sure you have to spice it up a bit you have to take uh, uh, some sort of creative license with it and that's fine but like complete utter nonsense and this whole jingoistic the jingoistic angle makes it the worst thing mm. you know our 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 uh, freedom fighters our our uh, troops are uh, people who protect us they, they do great things you don't need to take it to a level of 
you know, showing them as caricatures uh, in, yes. in some bad, well, it, 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 by extension, that makes the film bad. But it's just, a, it's the whole thing of, you know, giving rousing speeches while when you are going out to fight, that doesn't happen, yeah. right? They, they, they're patriotism, they don't, don't need to say how patriotic they are. So I just want to get that, that out of the way. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I bring that up is because Sadhar Udham, on the other hand, yes. is about this man who uh, is known for killing, for assassinating somebody, but, but that's but the motive behind it and the reasoning behind it and doesn't give him pleasure to do that. Yeah. I know, I know that there was a lot, of, a lot of creative license taking in this film as well, but the way it's depicted at least is, is definitely a man who definitely does want to do something, doesn't get a chance to do it, uh, for years doesn't get a chance to mm-hmm. do it, but why he does that and why that one shooting, which is usually just a paragraph in our history books, I think we mentioned this last time, is not ever spoken about. Of course, you know, there were lots of other people uh, who were involved in the freedom struggle, mm. uh, but this was a very, very important story, I think, needed to be told. As you said, it's surprising that it's not given more importance. But yeah, I mean, it was really, really well done. There wasn't, it was very patriotic in one way. At the same time, it wasn't shoved down our throats, number one. Uh, Number two, it was, it was more than that. It was, it showed the human side of patriotism. I mean, a lot of times, you know, we, we, uh, as I was saying, it becomes jingoistic in the sense of we say, oh, for my motherland. And you don't, it's not necessarily, there's a personal story attached to it. Mm. And yes, there's a greater sort of thing to be achieved through it. Just like this, I mean, he was kind of avenging the deaths at Jaliawala Bagh as well as uh, he was uh, kind of making sure that these people come come to justice. And he wanted to raise awareness as well through through this uh, assassination. But the way it was done was that it doesn't come from a place of idealism all the time. There is a very personal story attached to it. There's a very personal connection uh, to somebody, somebody's actions. And I, w- I would say a lot of Indian movies don't show that. Uh, especially the the ones associated with freedom fighters or, or the freedom struggle. So I, I was glad. It was a very human story. That that's what I loved about it. Uh, a, a brilliant, I would say, script by Sujit Sarkar. Very well produced. So it it looks like it could be an international film. You know, uh, and of course, just wonderful, beautiful, understated acting by Vicky Kaushal. What this film did, and you know, I, I fully agree with you about the the sort of the nationalism down our throats versus real human emotions is that it showed that, you know, that sometimes it's just, it, it's actually as simple as wanting revenge over something terrible that happened. You know, there, and, and, and that could, if it helps a larger narrative of the India's freedom struggle, that's great. But yeah. this, this guy's story was very single-minded. He wanted to do one thing and, and he did that one thing. And he did that one thing 21 years later of, of like holding that anger in, with, uh, within him, inside him. So I think uh, it, it, it really was a very different film to any sort of film I've seen in India, whether it's uh, whether we're talking in the list of patriotic films or freedom fighter films or general biopics. It was so different because of the way, uh, to me, the, one of the most impressive things was how, how the film messed with uh, narrative time. So it went backward and forward. We, we were like time traveling back and forth and it did not get confusing. It, it, it did muddle up. I think in the wrong hands, it could have gone terribly wrong. We've seen this happen with Hindi cinema before. So I think in that sense, uh, I'm glad that this story was given the justice it deserved. And I, I, I honestly wish that more of our historical figures are shown in, in this way, because I feel that this is how I would like to, this is how I, I'll remember it. To me, I will, I'll remember a figure like this a lot more than an Akshay Kumar portrayal of a person, because it then it, it loses, it loses its life.
And on that Akshay Kumar note, <laughs> I don't think there's a there's a better way to end 2021, is there? <laughs> Or Pradeek, any other thoughts? Anything else you're looking forward to for uh, the next year before we close out this? There are so many, so much content. Despite despite like having so many obstacles, hmm. but there's so much content. There's so much creativity which OTT has actually given to us. Uh, but I I also want to see like. because of these two years where we've been sitting at home and watching this great content come through will that affect like mainstream cinema so th- that will be because all these guys we talked about like vicky kaushal pankaj tripathi obviously like people like janvi kapoor all these people they are they're mainstream actors right and it's we've seen like some really good performances through ott some really good storylines so i'm excited to like see more ott yes but definitely more uh, how it how it translates into mainstream cinema as well Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing a real mature, mature and deliberated understanding of these last two years of COVID, and 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 how it's hurt Indians and how it sort of shifted our community, shifted our country, shifted our society in a way. And I want to see a really good film or a show about it. Again, not something that's done haphazardly or just done to get like the cheap tears or the cheap laughs or the cheap claps. Something that's maturely done. And I think it's out there. I think we have so many great creative people who are who are working. as you said uh, ott has given so many more options so yeah excited for that uh, well pratik thank you so much for helping out with this podcast all year uh, hope you have a very good year and i'll catch you in 2022 so i want to thank all our guests for joining us today and for the listeners who tuned in for this very special episode i hope you have enjoyed the what's the chakra podcast all year please check us out on the chakra.com and on facebook instagram and twitter on @thechakkar until 2022 chakkar ghumte raho